Hello and welcome to CEO Matters. It's the Drum Network's podcast series that delves into hot topics amongst agency and brand leaders. I'm Jason Harris, co-founder and CEO of Creative Agency Mechanism. And this episode today is all about balancing head and heart in leadership. And I'm joined, I consider them friends. I don't know if they consider me their friend, but I'm joined by two friends of mine and marketing industry rock stars that I'm sure you know, Melissa Hobley, who is the CMO of Tinder, and Andy Pearson, who is the VP at Liquid Death Mountain Water. And I am so psyched to see what happens when we put these two folks together. So anyway, just say hi, you guys. Introduce yourselves. Jason, you know, you're yeah. definitely a friend. You are okay, definitely yeah. a friend. And I consider myself lucky to call you a friend. Andy is a new friend. So I've never met Andy before, but we're already friends. I can tell. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening right here. You guys are experiencing it live on the air, taped. And <laughs> this, this is a blossoming, back a month later. <laughs> a blossoming friendship right here that's happening. Melissa, do you know much about Liquid Death? I love Liquid Death. I'm a fan of Liquid Death. But I have to tell you, it was actually the first impression I had. I've been with Tinder four or five months now. And yeah. the first impression I had of Tinder was Liquid Death because I, <laughs> we have these amazing offices right in West Hollywood. It's a wicked cool building and you walk in and it's tech. So like the snack game is good. But I had heard that the Tinder LA headquarters is LA. We have hundreds of employees. We have seven floors. And they're like, oh, they're very specific about what they want in the kitchens. And there's a, you know, again, it's tech. There's t- always snacks, always drinks. Every single floor at Tinder is liquid death. <laughs> Still and sparkling, obviously. Every single floor and at every single desk. I wanted to have the number of like what we spend on liquid death to power Tinder. <laughs> There's something fun in there, by the way. But anyway, I'm a fan of the product. I'm a fan of the brand. I think you guys, everyone feels so boring right now, if we're honest. And I just love what you all do. It's so awesome. So kudos on the growth. And uh, Thank and you. And, and Andy, do you know much about Tinder? You know what? I mean, obviously, I incredible brand. I somehow managed to miss the entire online dating thing by like meeting my wife in advertising school. So I just like totally blew past. And my wife is amazing. I love her very much. I like a very tiny part of me regrets that I missed having to deal with any of the dating platforms or apps or anything because it's such a cultural experience that I feel like I've missed out on. So I'm saying I don't intimately know Tinder, but obviously I'm a huge fan Obviously, of the work you, you guys know do. Tinder. Yes, of course. Uh, all right. All right. So we're going to get into some questions for you guys. I know we're kind of just starting our days here, but we're going to ask some hard questions. Right. But this is all about leading with your heart and your head and kind of vulnerable leadership and how you inspire your teams in the positions that you're in. And, you know, I, I guess the first question is, I always try to be an empathetic leader, but it really takes energy to focus on doing that. Why do you think leaders struggle to lead with empathy and how, I guess, a broader question, how do you think about empathy and your own leadership style? I'll jump in really quick. I'm sure Andy has a more eloquent answer to this, but when I think about why people don't have empathy, I think it's because there's this expectation that once you are a leader, you should know all, be all, do all. And I actually think it's probably related to not having enough women in leadership be it boardroom, C-suite, management positions. That was just the style for a long time. And for me, 
growing up through comms and flipping over to marketing and brand, the most powerful moments I think I've had in my career are when I had a manager or a leader or a boss be vulnerable or say, I don't know what the right step is here, but here's how we'll approach it. And so I for sure share too much. Self-deprecation is like my daily jargon. I think you really set up the next crew for a lot more success and for sure a hell of a lot more fun if you say, you know what, if I know what to do here, but if anybody tells you they know exactly what to do, they're either not paying attention or they're lying because you don't, you don't know what to do, but what you do is you, and and then I think it just gives you to rich territory of, you know, at Tinder, we're the biggest dating app in the world. We have 3 billion swipes a day. We are probably responsible for more children on the planet than any (laughs) other entity. Isn't that wild? You know, what I, what informs what I need to do is talking to single people every single day. I was just telling these guys, I was late to this podcast because I had to grab my daughter. I had to run to the doctor really quick. She's totally fine. It's nothing. But like having the conversation with like the nurse, are you single? What are you on? What's like dating out here? Ah, okay. What do you like about it? What do you not? And getting these rich insights everywhere you go is like where you get when you talk about being vulnerable and not knowing what to do. From my perspective, I you kind of hit on it for me, Jason. It's like, it takes a lot of energy to have empathy, right? And it takes a lot of time. And I think, you know, as you move up in your career, the amount of time that you have to do this work you need to do, especially I feel like on the creative side of things where I'm not only am I leading my team, I'm actually responsible for writing the work, writing the scripts, doing all that stuff. It's on my plate as well. So to be vulnerable for a second, the thing I always struggle with is time, right? Like because spending, investing time in your team, investing time in everything is eating away time that you have for yourself. And so I think that's also the other sort of push-pull of being in these positions is that you're responsible for for the entire organization, but you also are responsible for individuals. And so I think you have to split your time between those two things. And that's that's the thing that I always personally struggle with is, you know, literally hours in the day. I love sitting down and spending time with people and hearing what they're doing and, you know, even total strangers. I think the way you present yourself, not just to your team, but to the rest of the world is emblematic of the kind of leader and person you are. I was I was speaking with, I don't even know what you call her, a, a very a, a connector in the industry a couple months back. And she just kind of hit me up out of the blue. And she was very thankful that I took the time to speak with her. And she kind of said, she's like, you know, I know a, a ton of people in the marketing industry and the industry beyond. And she's like, it seems to me that the most important people are actually the people that take the most amount of time to get back to you and respond. And the people that tend to brush you off and the people that don't respond are the ones that you know are sort of lower down the totem pole. And I think, again, I think the, the higher you rise, the more you realize that spending, you know, whether it's a brief interaction with someone, that little interaction can actually mean a lot to someone way down the road. And I've had a lot of people that in my career coming up took time to respond to a crazy email that I wrote to them or took time to sit down and have a chat. I think that's the important thing that you remember is that not only by spending time with people and speaking with them, you're helping them, but ultimately you're also helping yourself because you're kind of honing those skills. And to your point, most of you're like gaining insights and you're talking to people. And if you keep swimming in the same pools and you're just in your head all day, you don't continue to grow and grow your understanding of of other human beings. And so I think spending that time is is ultimately important. I love that because I think what you're talking about is 
really being generous with your time yeah. and trying to give people advice or counsel or or mentor, which you know you're time constrained. That was kind of the first thing you said. Yeah. But carving out that time is a form of empathy because it's it's a generosity of spirit mm. to give back to others. And I think it's an important point that you notice that those that are most successful realize that that's a really important thing to do yeah. and a really important skill to give back in that way because it, you don't know how it's going to come back to you, but it does. Like that broadening your network, connecting with other people, helping them through some whatever questions they might have, that does come back to you as, as well. So we're talking about the heart and the head and in leadership. And I think heart is really connecting emotionally with people. And the head is those rational business decisions you have to make. So you know when, you know, we've all been in that leadership position where you're like, I really like that person, but they're just, I don't think they're the right person for this role, you know, or I need to switch them out or let them go. But you kind of drag that on too long, which ends up being a detriment to the brand or the company, but also a detriment to that person because you're avoiding the confrontation. Mm -hmm. You're just like letting it hang out there. We've all been in that situation, I'm sure. How do you guys think about balancing that like business rational side with that human connection emotional side as a leader? I know that's a very easy question. I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it's just so important, isn't it? Like, you know, the um, why are people, we, do, we just got out of the Great Recession. Now we're kind of moving into the pendulum swing a different way, right? Where the economy is restricting. You're hearing about layoffs. You're hearing about cost cutting. And I think, how do we keep the folks on the teams that are killing it? And they will stay because they feel valued and they feel like they have a connection. And how do you even build a connection without empathy? So I think I'd flip it and say, and also, listen, I'm in the relationships and dating space, right? I'm trying to get you married, get you a person, get you laid, get you a make out, uh, whatever. God, God bless you. All of it. All of it. All of it. Get you on a like, date where you're having liquid death, all the things. And, and I actually don't think I've ever built strong relationships or connections with people without showing vulnerability. I was on the job at Tinder for two weeks and they were telling me the 10 year anniversary of Tinder. And I was like, everyone was flying into LA from all over the world. And it was so great because I could have, you know, over a hundred marketers work for Tinder in one room. And like, I have a moment to like reach out and connect with them. And I think I'm really dynamic. And I think I'm sometimes funny. I'm not hilarious. I like to be entertained. So when I am presenting to a group like that, I want to keep your attention. I want you to feel inspired and driven. And you know, the moment when the room went quiet and they were really engaged is when I told a personal story, a personal story that defined and changed my life. And it was the story of of losing my brother to an overdose. I think the best leaders I've worked for get you to do impossible things and get you to believe that you're capable of things you weren't possible over, that the brand is or that your partners are, or that your consumers are. And how do you get people to follow you and to join in these wild things we're trying to accomplish without, without them really feeling like they know you and if they know what defined you and, and sharing the moments and experiences in our life that are humbling and life-changing is just so critical and such an underutilized quality in business is kind of how I think about that. Right on. Andy, what's your follow-up on that? There's sort of this, as you said, you know, as you're getting at Melissa, like you have to understand the, the whole person to understand essentially what you owe them in a way or what what you can do for them, right? And so, you know, whether that person is performing to the level 
that they need to be, I think you you need the greater context of that person, right? I when it's funny when I whenever I look at someone's like portfolio website for a creative, the first section I always go and look at is the about me. Because I want to know the context of where this person's coming from to then understand their work. Yeah. We're all in this sort of space where we are all bumping up against each other with all these different ideas. But if we don't inherently understand where everyone's coming from, I think there can be misunderstanding there. And so to me, it's important to kind of understand the background of the person. And then and at point, that point, it's sort of making an individual call, right? Sometimes you do have to say, yeah, this is, I, I can see where this is going and I owe you the opportunity to do something new. And sometimes it's like, hey, let's let's try to work this out. And I see I see what you want, and maybe you're just in the wrong, wrong position. I've had to do that. We're moving people to a whole new department because what they were doing wasn't working. And then suddenly we found the right fit for them. So that's also part of like what where's the heart in your brand and your company. And I think when you show that you're willing to work with people and find the right fit, that also to your point, Melissa that doesn't show just value to that person. It shows value to everybody. So yeah, it's always, it's kind of that balance of... Do you guys find it challenging to give tough love to people that, you know, leaders that work under you when you have to? Like I do. You, I mean, I yeah. You kind of like, do you like save it up and then do it like <laughs> once a year? Or do you try to do it like on a regular basis? Because I think that's something I've really had to learn how to do because I've kind of avoided... Yeah. I don't love those conversations, yeah. but it a, a form of empathy is letting people know where they stand totally. and giving them that tough love yeah. because that that's going to help that if they don't know it, they're not going to fix it. Yeah, but it's always something that's hard to do. So to me, the thing that I've I've realized is like Liquid Death, we're a really, we're a really small team, and that's by design. Everyone has a responsibility. There's no extra fat. Like right, everybody has something to do. So what I've learned is like, we've, we've kind of just stated out loud, hey, this is the bar that we all need to reach. We, when we don't hit that, whether that's us collectively, whether that's an individual, whatever that it is, we're going to call it out and not in a, not in an aggressive way. It's just like, God, you know, I, I'll say stuff, you know, like, hey, this is unacceptable. And then we move on and we state it very clearly and cut and dry. And I think that's the, we were just talking about this the other day as a company. It's like the difference between criticism and feedback is an important distinction. And I think making sure that we're always giving constant feedback is insanely important. You know, I get that from the top down. We're always, when you take the personal side out of it and you can just give feedback constantly, then everyone improves and then everyone knows exactly what the goal is and where they stand. And so I found that to be a pretty effective tool where it it feels like everybody rises up when they all understand what the criteria on for for, uh, success are. Yeah. I'm a little bit the, yeah, uh, Jason, I'm maybe a little bit of the opposite of you in that I like to get to that feedback right away for, for two reasons. One is if it's like in my brain and it's getting some energy, I want to like get it out. And I also think that there's a benefit in doing it as close to like if it was an incident or a project or whatever the thing was to doing it kind of close to that. But again, I, you know what happens in the dating app space is that all the relationship advice because part of what I'll do is like go go on the Today Show and talk about, hey, here's like four tips to finding like your soulmate in the new year. Here's like five tips to hack in dating apps. And here's how to like not hate Tinder. Here's how to hate Tinder less. Uh, <laughs> here's how to love Tinder. Here's how to find love Tinder. And so the, the, all that relationship stuff like seeps into the way that you work. Mm-hmm. So 
if you have an issue, communicate. Ghosting is the worst. So I kind of, I think I tend to mash up those things. But I also do that on the flip side on, you know, with my managers and say, hey, listen, that was a really important meeting. I really want your feedback. And I want it in the next like three days while it's fresh. I'm like, what do you thought we nailed? What was great? And what should we have evolved? What could we work on? And I'll kind of almost lead the witness to say, I don't want to hear that it was just great. There's stuff I can work on. And I want to, I want to hear that now. I I also think it's really important to do that when you're a new role, because many people are not good at sharing feedback or sharing their style or whatever that is. You know, some people don't believe in adapting to the style of your manager at all. And that's okay. That's cool. But for me, it makes my life really a a lot easier. And I, (laughs) I I really not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there's a really great insight, I think, that you kind of both hit on, which is part of the leadership role is giving feedback mm-hmm. often and fast, you know, fast and often feedback. But the flip side of that is yeah. asking for feedback as a leader, too. Yeah. And so if you're asking for feedback, it is showing you are leading you know, both on the rational and emotional side because you're leading by saying, I also want feedback but I'm going to give feedback. So you're going to have to be prepared for that, but you can also give me feedback as well. So I think that's a good insight. One thing for each of your brands that I want to ask is, you know, the liquid death brand or, you know, in a conversation we had, you kind of think about it as, as the character and, you know, what would the character do in these situations? It is bold and dangerous and edgy and internally at liquid death is the, culture or the environment match the character or is, yeah, is it's it different just, it's, internally than just fistfights yeah. and no do people if time. they don't answer a question wrong do they get saved, <laughs> they, get saved. Do they come out with an By abs way, if you're a yeah. fan of liquid death like literally the marketing team at tinder talks we were sharing what you did on that, by the way, that, that was so brilliant for folks listening at home. You to, you found the trolls like liquid death sucks and you brought them in. <laughs> and yeah. they said, if you cannot pick out, oh, you were public about how much you hate our water. Can you pick it out? And did like a yeah. taste test. And if they didn't get it right, they got tased. It yeah. was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank yeah, so you. Is at work if they. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we tased it. Well, actually, it's actually funny. We have an alternate cut of that where our campaign manager, we were like, Tia, get up there. We've got the time in the studio. We've we always like we we do shoots really quickly. We always have extra time over usually. And we're like, Tia, you want to try it? And she was like, okay. So we have an alt cut of that where we're tasing our own one of our own people in it. Oh, that's amazing. So yes, With, so the answer is yes. That's awesome. Yeah, the answer is yes. No, I, it's it's a good question, Jason. I, no, I think again to that point of like a character of the brand. We play this character, but. Part of the magic for Liquid Death is behind it, there's clearly a real heart and there's clearly a lot of thought and nuance that goes into it. And man, we're, we're putting out a documentary on Tuesday that's totally unlike anything we've ever done about a fan that had a really <laughs> insane accident and <laughs> basically came out of a coma asking for Liquid Death. Wow. And, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really wild. But it's very, it, but it's very unlike anything we've done, but it does, it comes from a heart. And I think like that hopefully comes through the work is that there's, there's a real humanity behind what we're doing. The character we're playing is such a, 
it's so inhuman in a lot of ways. I think the fun of Liquid Death is that it like feels like like this group of this it almost feels like anonymous where it's like this shadowy group of people making chaos in the world. But behind that there's a real kind of satire of marketing and satire of modern culture that actually comes from a genuine place. And yeah, no, everyone there is I mean, I've never worked with more talented people in my life. It's a group of, you know, our CEO is an ex-advertising creative himself. So he totally gets it. Mike Cesario is amazing. He's an amazing creative. He's an insanely amazing CEO now. But we have, you know, people who were creators for their own Adult Swim TV shows. And we have people who were in their own and led their own punk bands and were pro skaters and adult film actresses and designers from some of the top shops. We just have like a really interesting group of people that are all genuine nice human beings. And it's a very, I've, I've never been a more drama-free environment in a way where everyone just understands what we're all working towards. That's so cool, by the way, all of these people with like very dramatic side hustles, career stories. And you're like, eh, there's no one in the office. But I do think if you think of like extreme athletes, they're the most chill people on the planet, right? Yeah. I do ultra running, my, like ultra marathoning myself, which is his own weird extreme sport. But and I think when you get to the edge of those extremes, you have to be so kind of relaxed in, internally to deal with that. I hadn't thought of it that way. But I do think we have a lot of extreme personalities. But it forces us to all be quite chill and, and very congenial. Yeah, it's great. I've never worked with more talented or, or nice people in my life. Because I think you what I'm capturing because when you think of liquid death, you think of like a crack den with people like skateboarding, doing keg stands and like, you know, making out in the corner and you think it's like a free for all. But well, I think with the analogy to the extreme athlete is it's a very extreme brand. And we're a startup and we all understand what we're trying to do. We're all pulling for the same goal. And I think that's the other thing that we benefit from is we have a very clear idea of what we're trying to do. And I think that's the thing that I've gotten when yeah. I was at agencies was when everyone doesn't agree on what the goal is, it becomes very mushy. And that was one thing that I felt in my past. I've been at places where I was at Crispin. That's where I like grew up in my career, where it was very clear what we were trying to do. And then I've been at other places where I was always asking you know, the people at the very top, I was like, what is our perspective on this? What makes us great? Or what should we be pursuing? And I've been places where there wasn't a good answer for that, or there was an, I was unsatisfied with the answer. And it, you could see in the work, it was yeah. everything was mushy and no one quite understood what we were all attempting to do together. And I think that's what that's one of our benefits, superpowers right now is we're all we're very clear on it. But I think, again, that's a that's another leadership issue is having a real distinctive point of view that you can articulate to every single person and and they can articulate back to you more importantly, right? I think that's a hallmark of good companies is you totally. have to have a clear vision of where you're going, which can change over time, but it has to be clear. And then you have to have values written down that yeah. you expect the culture to kind of be built on. And those those values also help you totally lead with the head and heart because you can give feedback based on the values that are written yeah. written and printed and everyone knows what they are. So you know what you're trying to achieve and act like and what culture you're trying to create. At Tinder, moving over there recently, do you feel like that has a very distinct, like take us inside that workplace culture and, and what that's like? Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's been interesting for me because I was 
at OKCupid for five years, which is like the older, <laughs> smaller sibling to Tinder. I'm like, what's the technology here? And and I was on monthly calls with the last two or three CMOs at Tinder. So I've been a, a bystander. We have the same parent company and I've been a bystander for years. And that really helped me make, you know, get adjusted. The culture at Tinder is awesome though. It's tech. And if you've never worked at a tech company, it's really amazing to work with brilliant engineers. They are often the nicest, kindest, smartest people you will meet. And they are not the loudest one in the room. I'm like overgeneralizing here, but they are, they're critical and they're questioning and they're honest and they are lovely Mm. humans. There are not egos in engineering, like in many other parts of our world, because the work is the work, right? Anyway, I think when you are at tech company, your engineers are going to always like be a real, because it will, it's, it's probably almost always going to be the largest pool of your employees. And I just, I just, I just love working in tech because of those communities and those worlds. And they also think marketing <laughs> right. is like so fun and sexy and cool. So they're like, so I have an idea. We want to talk about reproductive rights on Tinder more. Let's go. And so anyway, the culture is great. Here's another cool statistic awesome. about Tinder is 70% of the leadership team is women. 70%. Ooh. So it's an awesome place. People really care about what are, whatever you're looking for, we power that possibility. And we're going to be talking about that a lot more as I get involved. And Jason, I've been kicking that around a little bit. And Mechison does great work in case you didn't know. And, oh, thanks, uh, for the, thanks for the plug. There's your plug. There's your plug. And so the culture is setting us up to do amazing things and to, and to lean into, you know, territories that Tinder really hasn't leaned into before. So that's great. I also... I only stay in jobs for great culture. So I want to bring that. I want to bring energy and passion and and giving a lot of shit about more than, you know, than the KPIs we have to hit. So Yeah, you've always done that as well. What it, you guys have, I know we're kind of wrapping it up, but do you have uh, like one key recommendation, like a key takeaway for leaders listening to this episode on how to lead and, and how to balance with the head and heart and at the various places you've managed people and been and where you are now. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's like an answer other than to me, I always think back to what people above me did for me and what those moments in my career where it felt like I got a leap forward or I got a chance on something. And so I, to me, it's, it's always looking backwards and inwards to then use that as fuel for going forward. And my, my example of that, I remember, is I was an entry-level copywriter at Crispin Porter, and I was working on the American Express business account and the American Express Open. And uh, under Tiffany Rolf, who's now like the global CCO of RGA, at the time, she was just a creative director. And I remember I walked in one morning, we were presenting to the client, and you know it's like my first year on the job. And she was like, why don't you present this morning? And I just remember I was like, holy shit. I'd never, you know, I'd never even considered doing that. I'd just been on call seeing her do that. And it was like for banner ads, I think, or something, and like, you know, one other digital idea. I still distinctly remember that moment where she just said, like, here you go, do it. And then and that turned into later, she gave me that that like she went on her honeymoon later on and she was just like, here, you and your partner run all the digital stuff on Old Navy for the three weeks I'm gone in Africa. And we didn't, wow. you know, we, we were just like, holy shit. And then, you know, came back and we we literally got a promotion 
pretty directly off of that because she's like, yeah, they, they did it. They did the thing they needed to do. So I think that there's kind of two things, which is like, for me, it's like give people the opportunity to surprise you and, and give them the chance. Like that's number one, give people the chance to do the thing, whatever that is. And then more importantly, like globally, I think it's remembering back to all those moments when someone did that for you and using that as inspiration for, you know, whatever it is you can do for somebody else. Really love that. Um, I got uh, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, I love ask, that. Questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. <laughs> and it's to, it's to the people that you work with. It is about their lives, about we just did an offsite and we started that session by something that's going on for me personally is something that's going on for me professionally is. And hmm. wow, if that did not bond us in the first 20 minutes. So asking questions about your teams, what was going on in their lives, ask questions about I, every week I'll say to my boss, what's keeping you up at night right now? What's keeping you up at night? Right. I, I want my team to be asking me that. So then they'll know, oh, this is what she's worried about. That's right. proportionate to what I think is going on. It's not. I can I can do something about that. I can't. Mm. Asking. We have a rule also at Tinder that I brought from OkCupid. And that is if you're on a work trip, you go to the coffee bar, you go to the bar, you go to the restaurant, you buy a round, you buy apps, you buy coffees, and you talk to people about dating. I did that just recently in Williamsburg for straight women cis hetero in their mid twenties. And the number one thing they wanted to know about Tinder was how are you working on the experience for non-binary daters? Not because any of them identified as non-binary because allyship was so important. And that was, by the way, we're, we're doing a good job there. We've got more things coming And Anyway. So I would just say, ask questions, ask questions. It will get you closer with your manager. It will get you closer with your client. It will get you closer with your agency. It will get you closer with your team and it will give you the path of where to go and what to do. Hmm, yeah. I love that. So this has been an amazing conversation. I think two uh, amazingly talented folks in the industry. We talked a lot about empathy, how to be vulnerable and what you need to lead people to do impossible things as a leader. And I think feedback, both giving and getting constantly, building the place you want to be at, having a clear vision and direction of where you're going yeah. is critical. I think, you know, give people a shot because they might surprise you. You know, that's, that's a great one. Mm -hmm. Be grateful for those that gave you a shot so you can inspire others. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And I think the other thing Melissa uncovered is... Yeah. Being out and exploring in the world can be also brand research. So amazing points. I think I summed that up for everyone, but thanks for listening. I think this brings the episode of CEO Matters to a close. Huge thank you to Melissa and Andy for joining me. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share, tag the drum and listen out for the next episode. Thanks for listening and everyone have a great, great weekend.